Even with star players like J.C. Jackson and Derwin James, the Chargers still have needs at cornerback and at safety. So on today's show, we're getting into new prospects at safety and corner the Chargers could try to target in the upcoming draft and wonder if the Chargers could still try to trade up for an elite corner like Derek Stingley Jr. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But we have a fun Friday show for you guys today because today we're talking about cornerbacks and safeties. And we're going to be talking about the first round where I think it still is realistic for the Chargers to go after a corner in round one at 17 just because Brandon Staley loves corners and they could still use some more talent at that position. And there could be some very talented players there or they could potentially try to move up for a talented player like Derek Stingley Jr. So we're going to talk about how we'd feel if they tried to make that move and other guys who could potentially go or maybe they couldn't go there based on how we're feeling about things now, like guys Trent McDuffie and Andrew Booth Jr. But we'll also be getting into adding some more players at that position if the Chargers don't go that way in round one with guys third round and later that could be prospects for the Chargers at corner with some really interesting names. And then we'll talk about safeties, and safeties are always fun. We've always had some of our guys. I mean, last year was Hamson Dean, and I mean, you're always going to find some fun guys like Jalen Petrie this year's fun. We have more fun prospects at safety that we're going to get into at the end of the show if the Chargers want to attack that and get some depth behind Derwin James and Nazir Adderley. But it starts with 17, as always, David. And when you're talking about guys the Chargers could potentially take there, all the smoke right now is around one dude. It's at the with the dude who Brandon Saley and the entire secondary coach showed up at his pro day. It's Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU who had an All-American season at LSU when they went in 2019 to the National Championship game. And then he fell off a little bit, had some injuries, and we haven't really seen that elite play since. The only way they're probably getting him, David, is if they move up somewhere like 12 makes a lot of sense with Minnesota, who could try to trade back right. What, how would you feel if the Chargers did try to pull off a move like that come draft day? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when we were talking about Derek Stingley Jr., I made no bones about the fact that I was not the biggest fan uh, of Derek Stingley Jr., especially if the Chargers were have to trade up to get him. And the reason for that is, yeah, he had that great freshman year, but you know, the production has declined since then. And then you couple that with some very serious injuries that he's dealt with, you know, a Lynn's Frank injury that, which has to do with his feet, you know, a back injury that he had had to deal with those things coupled also with, you know, the issues with tackling that I saw when I was watching his tape, you know, his tackling effort was very inconsistent. I mean, missed tackles all over, you know, when I was watching. So that's, you know, that coupled with having to trade up, I mean, I'm just not a huge fan of taking Derek Stingley Jr. because of what it's going to take. And you're going to have to mortgage more draft picks to take a player that I'm just not 100% sold on. Right. And I think what intrigues us, I think, if we're looking at it that way, is just like, okay, well, if they do trade up for him, what does Staley see in this dude, right? How much does Staley think this dude fits his system if he's willing to mortgage those picks and forego bringing in potentially other talented players later 
if they really want to go up and get this one dude. Obviously, it seems like they're intrigued. It's the only player they went to any pro day for that we saw Brandon Staley and guys like Derek Ansley and Ronaldo Hill at. And he was an elite press cover corner as a freshman, which was super impressive in the SEC. And you've seen the top level of it, which is what makes it interesting. You just yeah. haven't seen it since. He hasn't had an interception since those since that, you know, freshman season that he had with all those great players. And I mean, LSU also fell off as well and they got a lot, you know, a lot yeah. less talented too. Yeah. And, and that could have, you know, something to do with it. But Staley talked to him at the pro day. It seemed like he was giving him words of encouragement. They ran him through a bunch of drills. It seems like there's a lot of smoke there. There are rumors that he's super high up on their draft board. And it's like, yeah, I mean, pretty obvious that a guy who's that talented and, you know, a lot of people consider a top 10 pick the charge would have very high up on their board. But if they don't go that direction, I think there's really only a couple of other guys. And I think the cleanest guy they could go with there and a guy that I'm definitely sold on as being a good player at the next level is Trent McDuffie from Washington. I mean, two really good corners on that team and he's the better of the two of them. All the testing checked out has the short area quickness, has the deep top end speed is a little bit undersized, but, David, I mean, I could understand it. I could get behind it. I'd have to see who was on the board, but I would understand it if they went that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think when you're talking about Trent McDuffie here, a guy that's very physical with the ball in the air, he sticks to receivers extremely well. I think he showed showcased a lot of great chase-down effort. Um, he was a former track star, so he's got that speed that, you know, the Chargers have sorely lacked. Um, and, hey, you know, you know, a big theme for us in this whole draft process, Daniel was trying to – find guys that can add some real speed to this team and to this defense. And I think Trent McDuffie is definitely a guy that when you look at him, there's a lot less negative things out there that you can really pinpoint, um, yeah. you know, which would indicate that he's got a, a pretty, you know, low floor here and, and a very high ceiling. I think there's a guy I'd say a high floor, in, high ceiling. Excuse me, high floor. Yes. Yeah. High floor, high season, uh, high ceiling, a guy that can come in and really be a productive player in year one. Yeah, he has all the instincts, and he loves to tackle, too. Like, physically, he's ready to come up and do what it takes to be an NFL corner. He'd already be a better tackler than Michael Davis. I can promise you that. I mean, that's what that dude loves to do. He loves blitzing, loves being near the line of scrimmage, and he could help you. The real only downside is do they consider him to be a slot corner at the next level? You already have an undersized guy in Asante Samuel Jr. Are you bringing in another, you know, smaller guy? But honestly, I think those dudes could be interchangeable on the outside. I mean, you'd have a lot of flexibility there because I think both of them can – hold their own on the outside when needed and you're adding more to that and i think mainly the reason this is a conversation is just because it doesn't seem like brandon staley is sold on michael davis as cb2 or potentially even cb3 and if he's they made a move openly like this, critical about him yeah one of the only players he's been openly critical about too i think is an important part of that it's just you don't hear him saying many things about many players that you could take as negative even if you tried yeah you can take those ones as negative and if the chargers made a move like this david i think it would tell you all you need to know about how they feel about you know michael davis but i think as far as other secondary picks in the first round i think it's going to be too late to take someone like kyle hamilton and 17 is probably too early to take someone like dax hill from michigan even though he's a very intriguing prospect and would fit nicely 17 is a little too rich andrew boo jr i think is the wild card here david just because he's a guy we were super super high on but obviously there are some concerning medicals there which probably push him down a little bit 
Yeah, which hurts my heart, man, because this, yeah, yeah. Is, a, this is a guy that was one the of my first favorite. guy you really got excited about. I'd say, you know, as we were going through, I think he was the first guy where you're like, I see it. You know, I, yeah. I instantly can see why this dude would be a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he had the it factor for sure. I mean, it's just the way he, you know, accelerated through the ball carrier. I mean, he turned his head around and, and didn't draw f- fouls. He put himself in position to get interceptions. He could the blitz. ball skills were crazy. Yeah, yeah, the ball skills, the blitzing ability. I mean. The, the guy, you know, he fought through blocks. He was good in run support. Like, all of the things that you want out of your corner, like Andrew Booth Jr. possessed all of those things. The thing that's heartbreaking is that you can't get past the medical aspect of it. And, you know, with a first-round pick, a guy that you're going to invest, you know, a five-year guaranteed or four-year guaranteed contract into, you know, with these uh, medical concerns, unfortunately, makes it just a little bit too uncomfortable to have to trust what you saw on tape to be able to you know actually manifest itself um, in availability on the football field. Yeah, I think last year it was Caleb Farley, right? A really, yeah. really good prospect that just think people couldn't get past the medicals there. And I think for the Chargers, you need an impact player right now. Maybe you could do that. But with, you know, the knee tendonitis, with the sports hernia that he's coming back from, with other knee injuries, stingers, other stuff like that he's dealt with through college. And, I mean, he also punched a player, too, that we didn't really think about before when we yeah. talked about him in a game and got suspended for I don't know how the Chargers would feel about that. But just as a player, he is a first-round talent for no sure. Doubt. It's just you need to hit on that pick. And when you have those specific red flags next to it, it's hard to say, okay, that's the dude for sure when we yeah. don't pick again until 79, right? Like, the Chargers have to hit on this 17. Got to get it right. This yeah. roster is ready to go right now. They need an impact player who's going to help them. This season, which Andrew Booth could do, there's just too big of a question mark that if he can be actually out there to do it. But there are some other guys that the Chargers want to be a little bit more risk averse. The Chargers could add some things that they're missing in that cornerback room and most importantly, bring some depth into that cornerback room with some guys that are going to go after the first round the Chargers could potentially bring in. So we're going to talk about some cornerback prospects coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite brand of sunglasses. I'm talking about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened to them. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. I just need to tell you guys about the place I've been placing my bets, and that is BetOnline.net, especially when it's not football season, I mean, I love betting on football and there's so many great things and they're going to have some prop bets for the draft and things like that too. And you can already bet on the Chargers odds minus 170 to make the playoffs in 2022. You can bet on them to win the division. But the other sports I have to watch when it's not football season, I get a heck of a lot more out of because I'm using bet online because it's the best place to place your bets. They have the best tournaments. They have the best specials all the time going on like crazy. And they just have the kind of funnest bets. I mean, you can go esports, you can go NBA basketball playoffs, you can go UFC, even right to your favorite Vegas casino games with betonline.net. They have everything you need. And they're your continued source for all sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, David. Well, we did talk about some potential first round corners and it's not the Chargers biggest need, but if you're finding a player there that you think can totally kind of change the dynamic of your defense and your Brandon Staley, a defensive minded head coach, I think there are guys that could potentially sway him in round one. But the one thing we do know, I find it almost impossible that the Chargers will go in this draft without taking a cornerback, right? I think they're going to take yeah. multiple players in the secondary. I have to believe. And even last year, though, I mean, I was waiting for a safety, waiting for a safety, waiting for a safety, and is Mark Webb in the seventh round, you know? So you never really kind of know how they're feeling. But at the same time, they need secondary depth more than, you know, a lot of other things that they need on this team. And there are going to be chances for them outside of the first round for them to find that. Yeah, no question. Uh, and f- for me, Daniel, my first choice here who could be around available around the third round is Kobe Bryant, the mm-hmm. corner out of Cincinnati. A fantastic name. Obviously, it is not spelled the same. It's C-O-B-Y. But he's six foot one, 193 pounds, um, phenomenal ball skills, 10 interceptions, 45 passes defensed in his college career, only one penalty committed in 2021, a tough player that broke his hand and continued to play through it. Also, I saw the improvement as a run defender over time throughout college. I think he definitely got better and a lot of experience, Daniel, 50 starts in four years. So he's the guy that's been out there and played a lot of ball. Yeah, and I think the one kind of knock on him is just he didn't test that well. So even though that he had, you know, a good team, played very well on that good team, played very well across from another corner who's going to be a top 10 pick. But I think the medical is only dry you down. But I think or not the medical, but the testing numbers are what are kind of holding him back. And I think that there is one thing we've learned, too. You know, testing isn't everything, right? I mean, yeah. you can still be a good player and not test like a freakish athlete. Is there anything you wanted to say as far as knockoffs or, you know, points you would take away? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, he did get caught up on the double move a couple of times. You know, the eye discipline definitely needs a little bit of work. Like you mentioned, he's not the twitchiest athlete in the world, um, and he's not very versatile either. He played pretty much exclusively on the outside. You didn't really see him in the slot. You didn't see him move around anywhere. He's strictly an outside corner. So, I mean, with those you know things in mind, I think this is definitely a situation to where this is a quality college player that's shown that he's going to be on the football field. He's going to give you good ball production, and he's going to be available. So um, I, I think I, in the third round, I think if he's available, this is a guy I would be very comfortable with the Chargers taking. Yeah, and he did really well at the senior bowl and, and you know, the offseason before pre-draft stuff kind of thing, too. So he definitely has risen his stock for sure. But I'm going to go with my first prospect here, and I'm going with a guy who's a little under the radar, Jalen Armour Davis, a cornerback from Alabama, who's projected by Dame Brugger to go to the third or the fourth round. He's six foot, 198 pounds, pretty good size for a corner, not super long arms, not super short arms. I liked what I saw from him a lot. There are downsides, which I'll get to, but good and press coverage, patient at the line of scrimmage. He has great long speed of 43940 is definitely enough to get it done. Good closing speed on stuff in front of him, and he's good against the run. I mean, that's a lot of the things that you're looking for. He does have some injury concerns, and that is one thing that I think is going to push him down, which makes it probably where the fourth round is where I'd be, you know, interested in taking him if I had a choice, but I don't. But Injury history, redshirted a year due to a knee injury his very first season. Missed four games in 2021 due to a hip injury, but it wasn't like a 
surgical hip injury or anything like that. He was able to come back and test. But I think partially because of that, his agility grades aren't very good. He only ended up starting one season at Alabama when they had guys like Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertan II. It seems a little understandable. And does have you know short-ish arms. But I think he is a little handsy as well after five yards, which is going to be something that he has to get better at. But the reason I'm more okay with somebody like this with some injury concerns here is because it's not the first round, so you're not letting as much ride on it. You're talking about a fourth-round-ish pick, probably. And the other thing is, is when you're looking at someone in this area of the draft, you're going to have to take some red flags to try to find a talented player. You want to find the ones that you're going to be able to teach. Obviously, you can't teach being healthier, but the Chargers and how healthy they were able to keep their players last year gives me a little bit you know, less concern about having to worry about that every single year with them. But, David, there's more guys here we want to get into. Who are you going to next? Shout out to the Chargers medical staff, right? They did a f- fantastic job of keeping the Chargers as healthy as they have been in a very, very long time. So hopefully that is a trend that continues here. The next prospect here for, for me, um, that the Chargers could potentially take probably in around four to six here is going to be Chase Lucas out of Arizona State. Um, he's five foot 11, 180. So he's a little bit of a smaller guy, decent speed, 4.48 on the 40 here. Um, he played both outside and inside, so he ha- p- provides some versatility there. He's a feisty player in coverage. He's definitely going to fight for the football, and he's going to make it very difficult for you to catch it if he's in g- good position. And also, he was voted a captain. He was a vocal leader, so definitely some um, you know strong positives for a player that you're going to find in the late to middle rounds. Yeah, and I think that's all you're looking for, David. I mean, at this point, you're looking for traits because it's like if they didn't have the red flags, if they had the traits and the production, they'd, they'd be, be a first in round the first pick. round. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> and that's why some of these guys are going to get taken in the first round. The rest of the guys, you're it's all projection, right? And you're just yeah. hoping that they can iron out some of the things that have held them back so far, and that's kind of the same thing with my next guy here, Caleb Evans, corner from Missouri. It's nice because he did play at Tulsa, but then ended up transferring to Missouri, so you got to see a year of him playing against SEC wide receivers, which is huge. The pros are a lot: six foot two, two hundred pounds, big, long. Love that. Got to see him versus the SEC. Another great athlete, a nine point five six RAS score, ran a four four two forty. That's plenty good enough to get the job done. Willing tackler that packs a pop. I love guys who can tackle on the safeties. I went with today. We're tackling challenge, so we'll get to them later. But I really appreciated his ability to be willing to go up and tackle and, and want to do it, as opposed to just, all right, well, this guy's running right at me. I'm going to have to do something, which is something we have seen when we're watching these guys. Also had a nice one-on-one tackle against Traylon Burks, who is one of the harder guys to bring down in this draft class, and played on every special teams coverage unit as well. So this is a guy that's going to be a fourth, fifth-round pick. You know that he's going to bring you something as a special teams player, can come in and be a really good gunner for you right away. The cons with him, only one career interception. But – when you're looking at you know guys like this, especially fourth, fifth round pick, it's like, okay, well, that doesn't always tell the whole story. He also had some minor injuries. Biggest thing that I would take away from him, 10 flags over the last two seasons. So mm. Kobe Bryant, one flag last year. A Caleb Evans, 10 flags over the last two seasons. But I do think some of that is coachable, and that's why I went with someone like this. Give me the tools. Give me the traits. Hopefully I can coach up some of those you know grabbing issues and things that have actually you know held them up because – Really, the ball tracking and things like that, I didn't think he did a poor job of. So I don't think it's just something where he's going to continue to rack up pass interference penalties down the field because he doesn't know how to turn his head around. But I think with these guys, if you're getting, you know, 
that CB4 even, right? Yeah. If out of a fourth and a fifth round pick, Michael Davis is back up. It's the next Better guy quality depth, right? Just improving. Over Tavon Campbell, right? Because that's yeah. that's the, the spot that you're trying to fill because we saw how many snaps Tavon Campbell ended up playing last a lot. year. Like that CB4 could be a very impactful player for you. I think the guys we talked about in this area have a chance to be that, right? They, yeah. they have a chance to be that CB4. And I think all the guys we talked about, at least as far as cornerbacks, would have the potential to be more than that down the road if it all comes together right but we do have some safeties as well and one of the favorite draft you know positions of mine to scout just because safeties are so much fun especially if you're watching the right ones last year was Javon Holland and Hamza Nazaruddin now this year there's some really fun guys to talk about that we're going to get into coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar on the planet at a great time to talk about Built Bars because there are some great limited time flavors you guys can check out at Built.com right now. You can go peanut butter, you can go raspberry cheesecake, and there's a ton of other great ones as well. You can go with the OGs like a cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, cherry barcia, coconut almond, so many great flavors and so many chances to switch it up, especially if you're on a diet. A lot of time diets have a lot of boring food. This is the best way to spice up your daily routine and have something that feels like a cheap meal while also fitting on your diet because all the bars are loaded with 17 grams of protein and most bars have less than four grams of sugar and less than four grams of carbs. And right now we can even save you guys some money on Built Bar if you want to get you know a little box of blueberry muffin Built Bars that are 100% covered in real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You can go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into the safeties, a very, very fun draft class, you know, position to scout this year. And there are some guys in there that are really exciting. I think the Chargers are going to miss out on some guys that are going to go late first, early second. So there's some guys that are going to miss out. But in this case, we have to look at what the Chargers situation is, which is you have Nazir Adderley, who's okay. You have Derwin James, who's an all-world player. After that, it's guys like Mark Webb. And Alohi Gilman, which you, you still, you know, through one season and I think three seasons for Alohi Gilman. It hasn't worked out so far for those guys. You still don't feel good about the depth there. So later on in the draft day, we're talking fourth and fifth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. I think you can find that safety three, which is, I think, what you're looking for here. Even, you know, potentially someone who could push Nazir Adderley, right? At least four snaps to get on the field. I think the Chargers can find some depth there. And I think with safeties, you also get a lot of special teams value out of that as well. So when you were looking at mid-round safeties, David, after the first round, somebody the Chargers could bring in to be depth behind Azir Adderley and Derwin James. Who did you find? Yeah, I mean, the, the guy that I looked at here was Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. And man, did I enjoy watching his <laughs> tape, man. He was so much fun to watch. Six foot one, 203 pounds. He's projected to go in the third to fourth round. He can be trusted as that, as that last line of defense defender. He's a guy that you know made several tackles to save plays. He's excellent at tackling too. He's a, he, he's very good at reading and closing suddenly. He made a play against Penn State where he stopped a touchdown where he met the running back in the hole and absolutely blew him up. And I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, it was goal <laughs> line too. So it was you know mano y mano in the hole and he ran directly through him. So you love that. Also, he's very experienced on special teams. It's something you brought up. He played 407 snaps on special teams with 16 tackles as a gunner on punt return and also had seven passes defense and five interceptions in his senior year. So a lot to like there for Kirby Joseph. As far as things to work on, Daniel, 
pretty much only played single safety. So, you know, didn't show a lot of versatility there. He's inexperienced in the man-to-man situations. Not a lot of those on tape that I saw and only one year of major production. Sure. And that's the thing is like, you're going to get guys like that when you're getting to this part of the draft, right? Because if he doesn't have the last two seasons or three seasons, you wouldn't be able to talk about him being a potential fourth round pick. Right. And I think he's a really good guy to talk about here because like a lot of what you would see from someone like that. And I think it fits what the chargers need a backup free safety, right? Which is basically what he would be in this sense. I've always thought Mark Webb is more of a strong safety. Lowe Gilman is definitely more of a strong safety. Yeah. We were wondering last year, who is that backup free safety going to be? I think that's what you're trying to fill with that role. And I think there's a lot worse the Chargers could do there. I'm going to start with the guy that has some ties to the Chargers. It's Alante Taylor, a safety from Tennessee, who's six foot, 200 pounds, arms 32.25 inches, pretty long arms. That's not bad for a defensive back. This is the main thing, though. He's a corner right now and this is projecting him to move to safety this is what dame brugler had in his beast draft guide which is crazy thick it's like you know a phone book of draft information and i I would agree that this is a guy who should move to safety because he could get rid of some of the bigger concerns with him which is he doesn't have a lot of lateral movement right not a lot of great short area quickness so he can get beat if he is just one-on-one with someone on the outside the quickness isn't there so he's put into you know trying to recover right away when guys are quicker than him, especially because that's most guys with his into you know with his short area quickness, but he does have ties with Chargers defensive back coach Derek Ansley, so there is some you know, can kind of smoke there as far as making connections, and we know how much the Chargers love knowing who a guy is before they take him. I mean, no legal red flags or anything with any of these guys today, so shouldn't have to worry about too much of that. But he did also run a 4-3-6-40, so he is a great athlete. I think what he did well was closing down on players. He did that very fast, and he did better when he saw what was in front of him, which is why I think a move to safety would be beneficial to him. Unfortunately, he only played outside corner in college, and he's a really reckless tackler. I mean, one of the things for safety is you have to want to tackle dudes, yeah, but you also have to actually tackle them as well. The want to is only half the battle. I think a lot of it's technique because a lot of these are going for kill shots, which is something that can be reined in a little bit, I think. And he also got beat on things like double moves, but that's not as much of an issue if you're going to move to safety and go to a different position. So I think moving to safety would kind of minimize some of his biggest flaws. But I do think that the tackling, I mean, you just have to be able to tackle. I think if he Chargers could rein him in, get a little bit better technique with his tackling, he definitely has the athleticism. And he has the want to and willingness to kind of put people into the dirt. That could you know, maybe change down the road. But we're talking about a guy... It would have to be fifth round or later for me to consider him. So, David, who are you going with next as far as a safety prospect you think can make sense for the Chargers? Yeah, so my last safety prospect here is uh, one of the guys that has one of the absolute best names in the entire draft, which is Smoke Monday. Oh, such a good name. It's awesome. Such a good one. name. Yeah, six foot two here, 207 pounds. The RAS score was not, you know, totally impressive, 6.46 here, Um, but splash plays all over his tape. I mean, he was a very versatile defender, the type of guy that Brandon Staley would love. He played free safety. He played in the box. He played slot. He played outside corner. This was a guy that you can move all over the formation and get quality play there. He's also a very disruptive and very experienced pass rusher. They asked him to do it a lot. And he caused chaos pretty much every time that he did. And also is a guy that shed blocks pretty damn well. And also impactful ball skills here. Three 
pick sixes, including two of them that were game winners, Daniel. So a lot to love there with the ball skills. As far as opportunities or weaknesses here, he needs to improve the tackling technique. I mean, he was more of a striker than a wrap-up tackler. Um, that definitely is not going to play at the next level. You know, guys are going to walk right through that. Also, not the fastest guy. He, he ran his 40 in the four fives, and he was susceptible to the play action. But, um, I mean, this is a guy I think, you know, if you're looking at in the fifth to sixth round and he's available, I think you definitely would have to take him and, and be you know, really feel really good about what he could bring to your team. I mean, this is kind of an Adrian Phillips type of player. Yeah, and I think the Chargers could definitely use someone like that, right? Just one of those guys. I mean, Brandon Staley loves to draft defensive backs. He seems like you would fit that. And I mean, what yes. I'm hearing is that David wants the smoke, right? He wants smoke <laughs> Monday. And I like that pick for the Chargers later on in the draft. That sounds like something the Chargers could definitely use a lot of their straights. And when you have, you know, some of those streets, even though it's a little lacking speed with that kind of production, I think that's always something that's going to interest you. The last guy I went with, the guy I like the most, maybe out of, maybe the most out of the guys I've watched today, it would be tough. But it's Percy Butler, who's a safety from Louisiana and a lot of pros here. Another super athlete, ran a 4-3-6-40. When he decides to get downfield, he does it quickly. He pulls the trigger and he goes. I love that. No hesitation there. Some instances of very good tackling. Some instances of very good tackling. A great special <laughs> teams player had 25 career special teams tackles and eight in 2021. So you know he's bringing that to the table. And he also had six tackles for Austin 2021, which I think nice. kind of shows you that trigger. Get up the field, bring somebody down. And he had some big hits, but he also had some big misses. And that's one of the cons there, at least as opposed to Elante Taylor. I mean, there was more hits than misses. Um, and, and when he did do it, I mean, it wasn't as poor of form. I mean, he definitely could use some better technique and ramping up and things like that. But too many missed tackles, a slight frame and only five interceptions in 31 career starts did have 16 passes broken up. So moderate ball skills, but nothing that totally jumps off the page. But I think that's how you get somebody like this in the fifth or sixth round is when they don't necessarily have the numbers that back up what I saw on tape, because what I saw on tape is a super rangy athlete guy who's willing to play kind of free safety and come up from a very deep angle to go tackle guys in front of him just has to kind of figure out one of those things that we saw from Jaleel Adai and Rayshon Jenkins and guys like that too much is just guys streaking across the middle. That's a really hard play if you're a deep safety coming up to try to make that tackle because if you don't make it, there might not be anyone left to make it. And that's what I think is so important. But at least with Percy Butler, I saw it. Like the dude has the ability – to go wrap up, drop dudes for a six-yard loss, which is not something you can get from a lot of safeties. That can also cover well on the back end. And I thought that he actually had a pretty good ball judge when the ball was in the air going deep. Maybe a step late to some plays that I think he probably could have got to and maybe made some better plays. But I think get him in the pros, get him some better coaching. Maybe the instincts come in a little bit or he just you know can become a little bit more reactive and get there a step quicker. And then I think you mean you might find yourself a player in the fifth or sixth round. And that's, I mean, something you get really excited about. And I think it's just exciting to know that there are some prospects, David, later on the draft that the Chargers could bring in and get not only, you know, a player who can contribute and be good depth, but maybe turn into more than that. And especially with the contracts the Chargers have given out, a lot of big contracts that are going to have some big cap hits in the upcoming years. They're going to have to hit on these draft picks. And there's a lot of positions like this, like a CB4, like a safety three, that they're going to probably have to fill later on in the draft. You could throw RB2 into that as well. You could throw Edge 3 into that as well. Chargers have to hit on these picks to stay competitive, to fill in around the guys that have the giant contracts before Justin Herbert 
ends up getting his massive contract inevitably later on anyways. But David, that is going to do it for a crazy, stressful, tiring, exhausting, fun, exciting week of draft talk. We appreciate you guys checking in on this. I know it's hard when you're talking about players that don't play on the Chargers yet, right? You're just talking about prospects. We don't even know if these guys will ever land up on the Chargers. But we do know there are some guys that we could like all throughout this draft class. And there's some guys that could definitely make the Chargers better in 2022. So we appreciate you guys coming through with us this week and getting into all these different draft prospects and caring about what we have to say about draft prospects. Because me and David definitely put the work in. We're not draft experts by any means. But we're going to give you our true feelings on these guys. And I thought that we actually did that throughout the whole week very genuinely. But we are going to continue getting into draft because the draft is next Thursday. (laughs) The draft is already next Thursday. First round. Day two will be a third round pick as we see it right now. And that means on Monday, we're starting our seven round final mock draft of the season, David. One through seven, ten picks, a ton of players. Probably going to have to be a two-parter episode that we're going to do on Monday and Tuesday. Mock draft Monday, mock draft Tuesday. Big day calls for big shows. And that's what we're going to be doing next week. To make sure you don't miss it, though, make sure you're subscribing to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free. On all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from, make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. It means a lot to us, and a couple of comments definitely helped us through this week from you guys, and we really appreciate that. You can also find us on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, and you can also find us at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. We will be getting back to Fan Mail Friday and stuff as soon as the draft is over and we can get back into our normal scheduled programming. But if you guys want to hit up the Lockdown Chargers voicemail, and you can still do that anytime at 323-524-7924. And you can also find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram as well. We did it. We made it through the week, the draft week, and we'll have more prospects and more picks and a mock draft for you guys coming on Monday. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.